You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, conversations with Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith. Well, build a thriving business that honors him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. This is episode 291, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says, if God didn't want you to have money, then why does he give us the power to get wealth? So we're talking about a subject which some people don't like to talk about and others are quite happy to talk about. And of course, joining me today is someone who is very happy to talk about the topic of money, Karen Ford. Karen is a master financial coach. She's an entrepreneur, she's a speaker, and she's an author who has coached people with a variety of money issues. Now, her mission is to inspire others to rid themselves of debt and build kingdom wealth. And she encourages others to break the shackles of debt and build wealth so that they can experience financial freedom. Now, her book, Money Matters, is a discovery to many and is a book that is not only practical, but motivational. Now, on today's show, Karen is going to share, you're not alone. Whatever financial situation you find yourselves in, there is always hope. She's going to talk about demolishing debt, and this is actually becoming debt-free. It's not a dream. It can happen. And she's also going to talk about how God wants us to build wealth. So welcome to the show, Karen. Oh, thank you so much, Anne-Marie. It's a pleasure to be on here with you today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be able to speak to you about this topic because, as I mentioned in the introduction, money is one of those things that either people are comfortable to talk about, there can often be a bit of shame and guilt around debt, as you know, to talk about that in a moment. I remember many years ago when I was working in a paid job, I was, one of the roles was part of a payroll, and I remember I used to keep things very secretly because, you know, there were people of all <laughs> different pay levels and it was just uh you know a topic that many people find touchy how did you get into this uh this field was it something you'd always had an interest in share us a bit of your life and, and career journey well sure i've always had an interest with money i'm one of seven children so growing up my parents we didn't have a whole lot uh, we never did without uh but we didn't have an abundance so to yeah. speak and so I was always good with numbers and I didn't really realize that I was good with numbers. Other people said, wow, you're really good with money. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. I didn't recognize that about myself. Well, long story short, I went into nursing. I actually am a registered nurse, but I haven't practiced as a nurse for the past seven or eight years. But I had the privilege and opportunity several years ago to attend a training where I would become a master financial coach. And mm -hmm. I have such a passion for it to help people get out of debt and to help them build wealth. Because most people in the kingdom of God want to be able to finance the goal. They want to be able to help other people, mm -hmm. but many times they're strapped with debt. So they find themselves not doing 
as much as they as much as they'd like to do. Mm. So that's where I come along. I I teach seminars and I've written books, but I also provide one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. where I will fine tune some areas in the d- individual or the couple's life. Yes. So I find it so rewarding. I, I'm helping people, you know, as a, as a nurse, I helped people get healthy physically. Yes. And now I'm a coach helping people get healthy financially. Mm-hmm. So this yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, if we look back at relationships, you're talking about working with, uh, you know, husbands and wives. I mean, the topic of money, especially when it comes to spending and saving, um, particularly with, with couples or even business partners too, we can each have different beliefs around monies, different ways that we handle money. But I think when we look at it from a kingdom perspective, there's a lot of Bible verses which people have taken, I think, in the wrong context. You know, that whole, I mean, I was brought up with, you know, money is evil and so forth, but I took it in the wrong way. It's not. It's if we put money before everything else and it's around the greed and everything. So money itself is not evil. I guess it's how we, we manage that. So let's talk about some of the beliefs, uh, observations that me, we may have had as children. And let's put some kingdom perspective a, a, around that. So it's not a topic that we fear or run away from. Because as we know, as Solomon, you know, when he was asked by the Lord, what do you want? And he said, wisdom. And God was so impressed. He said, well, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm also going to give you wealth, you know, abundance and prosperity. Um, as you said, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. God wants us to build wealth. So let's talk about what are some of the common beliefs that some of us have that's going to ha- we need to address so that we can, our relationship with money can become more healthier to set us up for, for that financial freedom. Sure. Well, one belief, and you have already touched base on it, where actually people have misquoted that Bible verse to me saying, well, Karen, you know, money's the root of all evil. You're not supposed to have money. And I say, first of all, that isn't what that Bible verse says. It's the love of money that's Mm -hmm. the root of all evil. And so, and you already said it, if we put money or possessions above God, God is okay with us having money. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want money to have us. And we can see that with the rich young ruler, the parable that Jesus talked about, where, you know, he said, I've kept the law. I've done everything that the law says, which already was a lie, because it says if you break one part of the law, you've broken all of it. Mm -hmm. But he was looking at what did he do? You know, what were the duties and what were the things that he did? And Jesus said, okay, go sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And, and the guy went away very sad. And see, that's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. if we're unwilling or unable to give something to someone that the Lord wants us to do or give, then we know that we have put that particular item, money or possession above his will. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one point that we can look at. Another point is, I've been told by several people, well, Jesus didn't even have a place to lay his head. He didn't have money while he was here on this earth. And and that's a sad misconception because that particular verse is taken out of context when people read it that way. What that what that verse means is he didn't have really have a place that to call his own. He was traveling. Mm-hmm. He was ministering to you know the multitudes and healing the sick and going from house to house to house. So it wasn't that he was poor. In fact, he was so wealthy that he had to have a treasurer. Mm. 
<laughs> I mean, Judas was the one holding the money bag mm -hmm. and Judas stole from it. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't need a treasurer to hold on to two pennies. <laughs> I need a treasurer to hold on to a lot of money, a vast mm -hmm. amount of money. So that's another misconception that we could look at. And one last one, not knowing how much time you want to spend on this point, is some people think, well, maybe other people are supposed to be wealthy, but I'm not supposed to be wealthy. Mm -hmm. But the, the word is so full, and it says that God has given us the power to get wealth. So if he didn't want us to become wealthy, then why did he give us that power? Mm -hmm. And he didn't give that power to this person over here and leave me out. No, if we're born again, we're blood bought, we're in the kingdom of God, God wants us to be wealthy because how else are we going to fund the gospel? Yeah. How else are we going to help that single mom down the street that has a couple of kids and she's working two jobs, but she's having a, a struggle, a challenge to make ends meet? You know, money in her hands can really help her. Yes. So I want to be able to help other people. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Money to do that. <laughs> yeah. I was to say, you know, thank you for sharing those because I think, you know, often before we even dive into some of the other principles that you want to share with us to help us um, change our mindset around that, I think addressing, you know, what that's saying, the elephant in the room, some of those beliefs to say, hey, they're not helping you. And, you know, from a kingdom perspective, this is the way God wants you to approach money. And, you know, when we think about wealth, money is just a small aspect of that. Really, it is it is a piece of paper which has a presumed, I don't know, exchange value, doesn't it? And but as you say, it is important because we use that as part of a global um, way and we can use it for good. I think as kingdom businesses, we have the opportunity to do everything different with the way in which we make money, um, you know, become stewards of money and contribute back to incredible funded, you know, kingdom projects. And as you say, help others. We can't do that if if we're not able to, uh, you know, manage that and, and from a steward perspective. Let's talk about we are not alone. Whatever financial situation that we are in, there is always hope. So often, because we're ashamed to talk about it, we don't realize that, guess what? We're not the only ones struggling with, with whatever situation. There is hope. Share a little bit more about this. Sure. You know, I've coached so many people with a wide array of money issues, some with very little income, some with very large income. I've coached people with you know, I'm talking U.S. dollars here, $500 a month, all the way up to a million dollars a month. And I've coached people with, you know, various amounts of debts from $400 all the way up to $800,000 U.S. dollars. But, you know, one thing to keep in mind, it doesn't matter how far down you think you are in that debt cycle. There is hope because our hope is in God. And God wants us to become debt-free. He wants us to be kingdom wealth builders. So if we'll align ourselves up with his word and his will and his way, he's going to come alongside us and see that we're doing our part. You know, he doesn't want us to sit on our couch or, or recline or chair, not do anything and just say, okay, God, do it for me. Mm -hmm. We have to align ourselves up with his will and avail ourselves to him, but he's going to help us through that. If he sees, oh my, my goodness, they're really trying to get out of debt. I'm 
I'm coming alongside and I'm going to help you get out of debt. It doesn't matter how much debt you have. Mm -hmm. Certainly, it's a lot easier and quicker to get into debt than it is to get out of debt. I mean, if you have some credit cards and you can go get a loan, you can go into debt real quick. Mm -hmm. So to get out of debt, it may be a process. But if you're willing to be in that process and do what you need to do, you can get out of debt. Mm. You can absolutely get out of debt because God is our hope. Yes. And he's the one that's going to help us in this. Yeah. Karen, how would you define hope? The reason I ask that is because uh, I also want to address that, you know, when if we're kept stuck with disappointment and discouragement, around money that is how the enemy wants us to feel because when we feel that there is no hope we we can't take the right actions we can't start to read our bible and get into the world to help us you know shift that mindset and our thinking around money so how would you define hope hope would be future tense i know that this is going to happen Mm. i mean faith puts it in the past tense i've already got it right faith puts it in the past tense but hope is the anchor of our soul so we have to hold on to hope because without you know without hope it is going to disappoint Mm. right i mean in romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 5 it talks about adversity and it produces character and character hope and hope does not disappoint. Mm. So if you find yourself feeling disappointed, then we need to read more scriptures and get that hope reinstilled within our hearts mm-hmm. because hope never disappoints. Yes. I think hope is one of the most, the most important aspect, if you want to call it an aspect, uh, particularly as, as kingdom entrepreneurs, but for anyone, the moment we lose hope, even just a sliver of hope and things feel hopeless, then we can continue down this, you know, um, the downward spiral, so to speak. And, right. and especially if you've got a lot of debt and you feel like there's a, there's sayings, isn't it? I feel like I'm under a mountain of debt. It feels heavy. Um, it feels right. like this dark cloud that, that consumes you. So let's talk about demolishing debt. We know that there is hope. It's a promise that, yes, it is possible for everyone. So if someone's listening and watching today, it is possible even for you. It is written. We just need to take a step back and look at um, different behaviors, different mindsets around that. But becoming debt-free, it's not a dream. It can happen. What are some of the key steps that you teach and share with your clients, Karen? Well, in Proverbs, it talks about a gazelle delivering itself from the hand of the trapper. And it's talking about debt. So when you look at that Bible verse, so a gazelle, how, you know, the, the enemy of a gazelle would be a cheetah Mm -hmm. and a cheetah can go from zero to 60 miles per hour. I think in four seconds, something like that. It's just astronomically quick. And a gazelle can't outrun a cheetah. Mm -hmm. In fact, but a cheetah will only get a gazelle one out of 17 times. And I thought about that one day and I thought, If a cheetah can outrun a gazelle, how can a gazelle deliver itself? One out of 17 times is the only time it, you know, becomes lunch for that Mm -hmm. cheetah and it's motivation. So if we're motivated to get out of debt, then we're going to deliver ourselves from the hand of the trapper, the hand of debt. Mm -hmm. We can deliver ourselves when we're motivated. So one great way to get out of debt, Debt, demolish debt is first of all 
don't go into more debt. And I know that almost sounds ridiculous to even say that, mm -hmm. but some people have a, an interesting mindset and they think they're going to borrow their way out of debt. You cannot borrow your way out of debt. So if you plan on getting out of debt, don't take out any more loans or credit cards. Stop right now going into more debt. The second thing is, is to list all of your debts from smallest to largest, whether that's a credit card of say, the balance is $100, and again, I'm talking US dollars, and let's say your largest debt is, I don't know, $50,000. Mm -hmm. You're gonna list all those debts from smallest to largest, and each month you have a payment on each one of those debts, but let's say the smallest debt you have is a credit card payment of $25 a month. Well, you pay off that credit card, you no longer have that debt. But instead of spending that $25, now that you don't have that payment, you're gonna apply that $25 to the next debt along mm -hmm. with that payment. And that's what we call a debt snowball. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, you're gonna eliminate the debts, but as soon as you eliminate the debts, the payment that you no longer have now goes on to the next debt along with the normal payment. And what you're going to see is you're going to see debt being quickly demolished. And by the time you get to that last debt, you're going to have so many wins under your belt. You're going to be so mo motivated and have so much momentum as you do this. You're going to see, I can do this. And then it motivates you even more so to keep going with it to yes. keep doing it yes i love that because you know when you pay off the smallest debt that you have take time to celebrate that because that is an incredible win it's no longer something that you have to consider and as you say whatever money was going towards that debt use it then to pay off the the following debt and i think the reason why it almost seems like this mountain of debt that you can never quite get on top of is because often we don't look at it that way we try and spread it across all of of the debt and nothing ever gets crossed out and i was just talking about this yesterday on facebook because someone asked a question what do you do as part of your workflow like I love lists but the biggest motivation for me is being able to cross off something off my to-do list is done and someone even said actually the last week do you even write things on your to-do list just so that you can get to cross them off and I go yep that's me so imagine if you have that list by crossing that off there's a feeling of I did it and as you say, right. just continue to do that. It's like exercising, isn't it? We would love to go to the gym, go for one session, come out looking like our after, you know, the outcome that we want, but it's building the muscle. And as we're going through that journey, I think we're learning and the Lord is able to shape in us a character and an approach to money where we are more steward, better stewards, um, even with the small and then he, and that's something I'm reminded often in business too is that you know sometimes we would love to have more sales love to have more income but let's celebrate the clients that we are working with even though they may be only a small portion of what we really want to achieve because if we can continue to deliver exceptional service and become great stewards of the income our, our businesses are operating now then the lord will continue to bless and we'll be able to better you know steward that money as it increases what about looking at spending? Because just like time, you know, business owners are, oh, there's not enough time in my day. 
when we do an audit about where we're focusing our attention, we realize there's a lot of time that we're focusing on the wrong things. Do you also encourage us to have a look at where we are spending money? Perhaps there's some things that we can just put on hold or put aside because that money could be better invested back into paying off that debt. What's some things you can share here? Oh, absolutely. You know, what I find here as you're talking is the word budget, yeah. to be honest with you, because sometimes what I have found is when people say, I do not know at the end of the month where my income went, I have not a clue, or I have this amount of money in my wallet. And at the end of the week, I don't remember where I spent it. And more times than not, if people are saying those statements to me, I already know you're not budgeting. Because a budget is telling money what you want it to do instead of wondering where it went. So absolutely, when you're saying maybe looking at areas where we're spending money and we don't realize how much we're spending. I recently spoke with someone that uh, there's specialty coffee shops here mm -hmm. in the States and you probably have them as well. And Sometimes people will treat themselves, which I'm great with. I, I think we ought to treat ourselves every now and then. But some people find they need to treat themselves to that specialty coffee every day on their way to work. Well, that can be pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. And this particular gentleman that I was talking to was spending $350 a month on his coffee on his way to work. And so he didn't realize he was spending that amount because it was a few bucks today, a few bucks tomorrow. And long story short, when we added it up and he realized that, he said, hmm, maybe I'll just get that specialty coffee once or twice a month now instead mm -hmm. of every day. So absolutely, that's a healthy journey is to look and see where, we're, where we are spending our money, maybe not realizing how much we're spending. The scripture verse that comes to mind is, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Yes. Many times, it's not the big purchase. It's not the house. It's not the car. But it's these little purchases day in and day out that actually are the ones that are really costing us yes. in the long run. Yes. So. And you know what um, I find too, that paying for things are, is so easy now. We've got the tap and go. We now have our phones. We go bloop, bloop, you know, to the different payment devices right. that we don't even have to think about opening our wallets, getting out the cash, not actually seeing much cash in there and thinking, oh, I might have gone over the budget. So, so a lot of that behavior now, whereas you say small items, coffee, it might seem small, but if we do that continuously through our days and our weeks, it can add up. I won't say who it was, but my husband and I went on holiday with a couple and they were complaining about how expensive coffee was at these different coffee shops. But my husband and I, we enjoy coffee. So what we did, we went to 7-Eleven, bought ourselves a nice pot of, you know, granulated coffee because, you know, we're not coffee snobs or anything like that, although I do enjoy <laughs> a nice um, special coffee. And we would just go back to our room and sit there and have a chat and have a coffee. And we had a lot left over. And at the end of the holiday, these people were adding up, oh, look how much we spent on coffee. My husband and I sort of looked and grinned at one another. But that's right. It's where are you spending your money? That's so right. important. Like with anything, if we're starting to address um, a situation in our life where we want to make significant change. Today, we're talking about money. We're talking about building wealth. Starting can often be the 
the hardest thing to do, I think, isn't it? It's like going to a gym or starting a new, whatever it is, New Year's resolution. What would you say to someone who recognises through listening to what you've said today, Karen, that they do need to make a change? Do you have some insights on what they could do to just help start, start getting on the process of some of the things that you've spoken about today? If, if, if you find yourself that you need to start doing what we've talked about today, then start, write it down. You know, you'll do it if you write it down because you're going to see it. And it, it'll be almost like a vision board. You know, the, the scripture says, write the vision that they may run that read it. You can't really run with the vision unless you can see it, right? Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. if you can see it, you can follow it. So it, you can set goals. Do you want to be out of debt in a year? Now, obviously, it needs to be an attainable goal. So if, you know, if you're in debt $100,000 and you only make $10,000 a year, then your goal of getting out of debt in six months is probably not going to happen. But it needs to be an attainable goal. So write down the goals. What's your big goal? When do you want to be completely out of debt? And then what are the smaller goals that are going to get you to that large goal? Maybe you want to pay off this credit card in two months. Maybe you want to cut your grocery budget, maybe by half. What are some areas that you can change? Do you go to the grocery store and get food that's already made and all you have to do is pop it in the microwave or oven? Those pre-packaged meals are much more expensive than if you were to cook it yourself. What are some ways that you can just cut back a little bit by little bit, but it's going to add up? to a large amount of money. Mm. And if you're you're questioning whether you're going to be accountable, get yourself an accountability partner, someone that you can trust, someone that's not going to blab your your deal to anybody else, but it has to be not only someone that's trustworthy, but someone that's going to be truthful, someone mm. that's going to be honest with you. And what I mean by that is, let's say you and your accountability partner go to the to a department store and you try on a pair of shoes that you love and you want to buy them and you look at your accountability partner and say what do you think about these shoes they cannot be one that says those look great get six pair <laughs> you know they have to they have to be honest with you and say they look great on you but probably not this month mm -hmm. let's see if we can put them in the budget for next month it needs to be someone that's going to be trustworthy and truthful with you yeah so so true and as we said you know god wants us to build wealth he does not want us to feel um you know disappointed and delusioned under this mountain of debt and everything that you've spoken about is certainly going to head people in the right direction and of course karen you can be an accountability partner this is something that you do so share a little bit more about your work and how people can connect with you and, and get copies of your book all of that good stuff Oh, wonderful. Yes, thank you. Well, they can connect with me on my website, karenford.org. My books and CDs, etc., are on there. But my books are also on Amazon, and Amazon is worldwide. So I have three books, Money Nuggets, uh, Money Matters. Money Matters is actually a book that's going to give you step-by-step -step how, how to get out of debt and build wealth. And then I also have a 31-day devotional. And this title is a little lengthy, 31 Days to a Greater Understanding of Money. <laughs> That's a mouthful. But all three of those books are on Amazon. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. 
I give financial freedom seminars. I also do webinars. I recently did a webinar on real estate investing. So mm -hmm. if there are some avid uh, real estate investors out there or those that want to dabble in it, uh, that would be something else to perhaps check into. Fabulous. As well. Fabulous. Look, thank you very much for coming on the show. As I mentioned earlier, it, money is one of those topics that's almost taboo. However, when we look at it from a kingdom's perspective, we can see it in a whole new light. And as you say, God wants us to build wealth. We need to be mindful, obviously, that we don't put the wealth or our desire of wealth above uh, God. Of course, he always comes first. However, you know, he can bless us across wealth and all aspects of, of our lives when we put him first. Karen, one of the things that I do on all of the shows is just to finish with a word of prayer. May I do that today? Oh, absolutely. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak with Karen today about a topic which even amongst um, church folks, it is a, it's a difficult subject, particularly when we think about all the different beliefs and, and uh, money beliefs and values that we put uh, alongside that. And Father, as Karen has reminded us, you want us to have wealth, but what is important, of course, Lord, is that we put you first and foremost. And Father, of course, today we have a lot of listeners and viewers who are here to build a kingdom focused business and to be able to steward all of the income that we have coming in so that we can manage it in a way that honors you so father we pray that you will continue to really work in the, the lives of people who may be struggling with debt that they have hope there's always hope father just taking different steps and different view towards money and of course leaning into you so father we just want to uphold Karen and the work that she is doing uh, around the globe will she continue to impact uh, those who maybe do have and feel like they're struggling with debt, Father, that they uh, feel more at ease now and that there is hope and that they can connect with Karen and certainly get on a journey and a pathway to being able to experience real hope and peace even around money. And we ask this all in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Karen, and loved the conversation. As I said, this is a topic that I think is it's important to talk about because when we can, you know, reshape our thinking behind that and do it from a biblical perspective in the God way that God really intended us to be That's and right. do and behave around money, then we can build kingdom businesses that honor him in every way and he can continue to bless us so we continue to bless others. So thank you once again. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It was my pleasure. So enjoyed it. You've been listening to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklists to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.